Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Digital Transformation Podcast, hosted by SP Singh. With me, we have Michael Burgess. Michael Burgess has been employed from last 50 years, 5050, in banking industry from last 18 years and 32 years in education. During his last 12 years in education, He spent his time looking at concepts around converting paper processes into digital form. He began his passion graduating from Notre Dame with masters in electronic commerce and he now follows the passion in commerce world. Michael, welcome to the show. Thank you, SP. It's uh, great to be here. Great. Thank you, Michael. I know Michael from last, I think, two years or so, and we met in one of the events, uh, and we are friends since then. Michael is my part-time mentor, I should say, Uh, and uh, we have got an amazing relationship. Michael has a a very unique and different perspective. He thinks and uh, sees world in a in a different way and with his passion i think it's too too much sometimes and always sort of covering from different perspectives whether this is artificial intelligence chat gtp we have all these conversations and michael here is sitting recording our podcast it's very exciting times yes yes it (laughs) is exciting times (laughs) okay so michael let's jump into it and uh, maybe we start with a little bit of background of, of yourself. Uh, so let, let's start with your background and we'll unpack digital transformation in education sector. Okay, 50 years in the workforce, uh, banking and then education and uh, a great time but uh, Probably the most exciting um, time for me has been from the year 2000. I uh, looked around and was seeing things that were happening around the computer, the digital world of business and I thought I've got to stand up here and do something and so what I did is I went and got a, a Masters in Electronic Commerce, graduated in 2003 And the best part about that is it allowed me to start using more of this digital around the concepts of business. How do we actually convert paper into the digital form but make more of it, get more out of it for business? That's the important thing and that's my passion. Great, great, Michael. Like to put things in perspective, Michael, when it is time for like average professionals to retire, they say we are done. I think almost at uh, that time you decided to pick another challenge. You did masters in electronic commerce uh, with your unique perspective. You are now following your passion. So what do you think is the key driver? The key driver. Um, I like being involved and I like helping people. I like helping businesses. And um, and I've, I do have a unique perspective. I can look at things 
differently and know what we can get out of the digital uh, aspects of business. Right now, and uh, that's a testament to really what in 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 my experience in one of the events which i attended uh, with frog ponds and i met i don't remember the the lady's name but yeah, yeah that that's exactly what you said you see things differently and uh, you are men, you are still i think men, mentoring her so and with your passion i think it's uh, too captivating so now i we all appreciate it and for the ones who are listening to the podcast if uh, you do not know michael uh, highly recommend get in touch well we'll put the details in in the show notes linkedin and so forth so please get in touch he's got a wealth of experience and uh, and a genuine passion to help people okay michael let's switch gears a little bit and uh, in education sector that's uh, the key topic we're going to cover so what exactly or what in general has changed in the last 20 years in within education sector well if we focus just on the business aspects of running education um there has been numerous changes i've uh, gone from paper recording to uh, uh to the computer of course but but let's have a look at the uh the issue of accountability mm-hmm. people the business managers the principals are now and the board are now very very responsible and kept responsible for what goes on within a school so you have the government requirements of uh, keeping to set standards and and then of course you have all the aspects of of business uh, risk financial management uh and analytics around enrollments around your students you know um all of it requires a lot of um computing a lot of data and the data management is uh, very very important so uh and and even the software now there's so many different software platforms that school manage uh, school business managers have to choose from mm-hmm. um and yet the one thing that is often missed is the com- the compatible nature of all the different software that you're using so there's a lot absolutely absolutely and uh, is it recent like uh, all these changes regulatory or from a government side or uh, within the school environment in general uh, are these sort of changes just happened overnight or it took few years and that's where we're sitting right now yeah it's it's been growing slowly but surely i mentioned year 2000 and that was the first time that i started to hear the words digital and data and and i'm thinking you know we are at a school it is all about data you mm. have to keep student data for so long you have to keep staff data Mm. for a period of time and where are you going to store all this paper yes and that was the thing that was stirring me up where are we going to store everything if we keep going like this it has to be in a digital format but now you have to manage it and Absolutely. so it's been taking a while but crikey's the last few years it's just been uh, 
uh, like a tsunami, you know, <laughs> sort of starting to get going. So amazing, yeah. amazing, and uh, yeah, I think it. Do you think we were prepared for this change? Uh, how can you ever be prepared? At the end of the day, the business processes are always the same. Mm. It is just the tools that you use to get the job done. Yes. So that's the important part. Absolutely. Okay, so how these changes have impacted the different stakeholders within education sector? So different stakeholders could be, say, parents, employees, uh, management boards and stuff. So how these changes have actually impacted their life? Well, you know, every, every stakeholder is impacted in some way. Um, you know, who would have thought, for instance, that well-being was a word that started to mean that there was extra costs around running the business of education. It's the well-being of the students and the well-being of the staff. Um, who would have ever thought that that was going to be a thing? And and then of course it's the it's the the recording of things, the processes of things. You know the the need to make sure that your staff are doing the same thing all the time to make a process work. Mm. You know, the parents are now required to uh, give us information all the time, every year, year after year. How do we get around uh, doing that without annoying the parents? Mm. You know, so there's all this impact going on with all the stakeholders, but the crucial bit mm. is the money. Mm. And the school business manager and the principals and the board are responsible for making sure that they use their money efficiently and wisely. And mm. the parents who now expect more from the schools mm. are, want, are paying more money to have schooling done and now their expectations are higher as well. So there's lots of impact in running the business of education. Absolutely. And uh, I think it's, it's, it's not easy as well. I mean, we, we, we hear, we read, and we acknowledge how many times these information technology or information systems projects and initiatives fail. The returns of investment on these technology projects uh, yeah, tend to be not that high, and there is high complexity, high risk. Given the the constraints of funding within education institutions, high expectations from parents and uh, government almost pushing to have the the education institutions house in order. That means all the data and compliance is a must. It's not no longer a choice. I think it's it's a hard one for for management and principals to really make a change. So do you see any trends? Do you see any, any sort of low-hanging fruit or any trends going on where certain initiatives are moving more quicker than others, uh, say enterprise solutions or student management software or any trends that you see? Um, 
The trend that is happening is that most of the software coming out is now web-based mm-hmm. and um, that brings with it some interesting uh, problems that need to be solved. Um, I th- I've always quoted that I consider that there's three generations of people within a school. Mm-hmm. The older ones that computers were not readily the, the, the go-to thing to use. Yes. The middle group that have sort of got most of it underway and then the younger group that have got all this IT knowledge, all this digital, they're not – students in particular aren't scared to press a few buttons, etc. Yes. And you've got this mix of people. That mix is now becoming more that middle group who have got better knowledge about the technology. So they're more ready to adopt uh, digital work, digital ways of solving problems. And uh, so that's, that's an interesting trend that I'm seeing, you know, that they're more ready to adopt. Okay. That, that's great. And I think it's, it's, it's great. I mean, it, that readiness is there. And before I ask you whether this, all this happened very quickly, were you prepared for it? And I think it may be because there may, it, we may not be working in a more proactive fashion to get our business processes in order and having a right level of technology tools within in school environment uh, and now maybe a catch-up game is, is going on and that's where one of the reasons why it put a lot of pressure in the education institutions and in this sector specifically uh, so maybe we, we we try to dig a little deep and uh, try to unpack the root cause of of this problem uh, is so what is if you want to dig a little deep and say what is the root cause of the problem which where we sit right now where there are high expectations of parents and uh, yeah the schools have tight funding that means that the money must be utilized in the best possible way and uh, yeah high compliance and uh, yeah so where we sit right now if you want to unpack what is the root cause uh, do you have any thoughts on that um you know money is always a crucial thing and when you think that schools are there for the education of the student then the the Money really has to be directed to that end. Mm. Technology is supposed to make things um, more efficient, mm. cheaper. Mm. <laughs> um, but um, but what we find, of course, and I've always heard this, you know, these computers were supposed to save uh, paper, were supposed to save time, um, but it doesn't seem to be working. Yes. And, uh, and I think that's always because of the human nature of who we are. Yes. People like to still have that tactile feel of paper. Yes. So uh, quite often you find um, 
staff um, saving their stuff but also printing it out as well. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, and, and that's always a bit uh, funny. But, um, but the issue is, is that um, they need to understand what they're dealing with in the data form. Mm. And um, and decision makers mm. are still not all all of them, but of course there are those that are still unsure about how do we get from point A to point B, mm. and will it get lost, and how do we make sure that the systems work? Yes. So decision makers have to come to terms with the fact that technology can work if implemented correctly mm. and if the processes are set in place first before you go down that road of transforming into the digital. I always cite to people that before you actually start your journey, mm. you need to know what the end result will be. Yes, Where are you heading? You can't just bring a map along and think, oh, yeah, I'll just keep on travelling down this road. Yes. Um, you've got to know what the end result is. No, that's a really good point. And that reminds me, I think it's uh, a Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. I think it's Chapter 2 or 3. It says start with the end in mind. Yeah. Uh, and that's pretty much it. And I think just to to summarize, uh, so we start with end in mind. That's one. We plan with that end in mind. So we've got the end-to-end roadmap clear where we're heading. And from management side, uh, it's more leading the change. So the the, the principals and uh, the key management staff, they must be leading from front and uh, showing what the end result would be once we have done this right. So that means painting the picture once all the data and the systems and processes are set up, the end result would be all this brilliant analytics that will be available through to us. And out of that analytics, we will be drawing um, our decisions and not so much with the gut feel, but with facts on on our table and uh, the analytics about students over a period of time we can see improvement and similarly with teachers and uh, which teaching methods uh, are better than others and how with the change in environment how the the, how the change in environment impacts the learning of students so i think there are so many different aspects of learning and business management performance management and that is possible only if we get from paper to digital yes and uh, and of course schools are very layered in their governance structures so you talk about the principal and the lead- leadership team starting to set the the sort of the journey in play but they actually need um, a champion to be constantly out there leading the charge, leading everyone down the same path because there's always going to be uh, hesitation. There's also always going to be doubt, but you have to have that champion working, working around the people to make the change work. 
that's what's important. The other thing about schools is that they end up having lots of data silos, mm-hmm. lots of data silos. You've got your head of years that have got their data about their students. Mm. You've got your leadership team who's got another lot of data about the students and the parents. Mm. You've got the finance team with their silos of information. Mm. And so at a school, it's not easy to bring all those silos together. I tried it for many, many years. Mm. I ended up saying to a a computer company, um, give me a dashboard Mm. to bring all these silos together. Mm. And, you know, now that you've got technology starting to manage all of that, Mm. that's where a school can Mm. bring all the silos together without necessarily bringing all the silos together as one. You know, you you can keep them separate but still get the right information. Yep, yep. And I think technology always is like at least few leaps ahead of our understanding of it and uh, our knowledge about technology in general. So the reason I state that is sort of technology as it stands now with the business intelligence uh, analytics, uh, we can collate all that information, present that in a dashboard. So I don't think it's a technological constraint it is more of the 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 knowledge gap and uh, sometimes over a period of time we we implement one software and then we decide to put say for instance student management and then we decide we want to do another payroll and then we say finance so over a period of time we implement all these software and after say 10 years we realize these software doesn't talk to each other so there is not a lot of good uh, integration layer so again coming back to your point we start with end in mind and have a good roadmap and uh, developing this uh, overall enterprise architecture business architecture uh, really helps to say okay looking at the end goal what do we need and slowly and steadily we develop this roadmap uh, but once we are done we understand we have a we are pretty sure that this whole sort of ecosystem will be hanging together correctly and in in the, in the right capability uh, so i think it has to do a lot with planning and discipline in technology in in general uh, yeah do you have any further thoughts on, on, on that, Michael? Well, it is a stage process. And isn't it interesting when you go on a, a tour mm. with a company, mm-hmm. um, you always have the guide, mm. you know, so you can have the, the champion who organised all the trip and, you yeah. know, brought everyone along. Yes. Um, but it's good to have a guide as well that is leading the way, helping with the right information about where you're at. You know, and I've often cited to people, you know, they, they, they start saying, hey, listen, I need to get all my data into the digital world. Yes. And they do two things. They only talk about it as storage. Yes. And they're only replicating the form yes. in a digital form. 
Yes. It's the same form, but now in digital. Yes. What they've forgotten to do is to review the document to see exactly why it was designed in the first place and yes. whether it can give more information. Yes. Right? So you need a guide or someone to help you understand that. Mm. But no sooner have they got data storage underway, mm. they then need to know and, and realise that they actually need to manage that data. Yes. So now they need another guide to help them understand how to manage data in their business. Yes. And then above all, of course, and a lot of these schools are a part of systems, you actually need an enterprise content management, a data management system for the enterprise. Yes. And so each of those has steps along the way and each of them probably need a guide to get to allow you to understand what you need to be doing. Absolutely. So just to be clear, so the guide is we are not referring to an IT infrastructure professional which a school may have. Uh, we It is certainly not uh, uh, your outsourcing partner. So the guide is someone who intimately understands the school environment the capabilities that are required to run the business end to end and understand what building blocks are required to transform this specific capability within the school and uh, there are it's multidisciplinary so getting the right software and then uh, having capabilities to implement specific software, change management, training, uh, data migration. So there is so much that goes within those implementations. And once that's done, uh, yeah, we, we all these different software, they talk to each other, they're integrated. So that specific guide, that trusted partner is a must have for education sector. And I think that's true for almost every sector. Uh, I think we, there is a common assumption that uh, I need the software, I'll talk to a few vendors, I'll pick a vendor, and it's just gonna work. So I think we, we, we our confidence level is, is too high for some reason. And uh, three, four months into the project, we realize how big a deal it is. Mm. And that's one of the reasons I think there's a high uh, failure rate for these technology implementations. Uh, Okay, now that's that's great, Michael. Now uh, we try to wrap up this section, and I'm I'm looking forward to the next one. Uh, so, just any sort of final conclusion or final uh, notes or final actions for the discussion we had so far. So, if you want to conclude, what advice you like to give to the education institutions? Well, I think they realise already that technology is with us. Artificial intelligence now, crikey Moses, you know, it, yes. it has been with us in, in subtle ways, but it's now there in, in front of us and um, different sections of schools are reacting in different ways. Um, I think the most important thing is you've just got to almost do on-the-job training sometimes You've got to use it to make mistakes and understand what you need to be doing. But I get back to the thing that you, there are people out here in the big world that can actually help 
schools and businesses understand what they need to be doing to get data to be used the right way. Great. Very well, Michael. Thank you. Now, I think for the listeners, there are there there are a few common themes, and uh, I, I would not further make it sort of in, in I won't summarize them. But uh, yeah, take your own time, listen in once again. But there are a few common themes, and let us not take some wild assumptions. I think work needs to be done. Uh, we just want to get on to it. Next section, we have got rapid fire. Michael, are you ready for it? Why not? <laughs> okay, so in this section, I will be asking you quick questions with the fiery responses. It's more of a fun part. And uh, yeah, I'll be asking random questions for the listeners. Uh, the questions which I'm asking, Michael may not have been prepared for those so it is all random fire so stay tuned okay michael you're ready for it okay so let me ask you the first one what is the one thing you like to change in your life give myself more years to be working <laughs> great <laughs> I love, love that love that okay by the way do you have plans to retire anytime soon do you do you have do you have you plan anything um no okay that's great <laughs> i i love that i love that okay so one thing you love family great grandkids yeah one thing you hate oh people that go on and on and on and on and don't know when to stop okay <laughs> i can relate to that your greatest fear greatest fear that um, I'm not going to get enough time to do all the things that I want to do. Typical human, I suppose. <laughs> okay, what advice would you give to your 30-year yourself, so younger self? So My, my younger self, um, probably uh, get into the digital a little bit earlier than I did. <laughs> You're <laughs> so passionate about digital, so it's fascinating. Yeah. Thank you, Michael. Okay, so explain or define yourself in three words or less. Um, I have compassion. I have understanding, and I'm determined. Great. No, I I I hundred percent acknowledge that, Michael. Thank you. It has been a great time having you in, in the studio here. I appreciate all your time, advice, wisdom. And for the listeners, uh, I think there is a lot to get from this, this conversation. There are a few common themes. There are, there, are, there are a few things that we must do, the advice you gave on sort of end in mind and uh, we don't have a choice we just have to do it and do it right and uh, get someone who can you can trust don't do it yourself there is there are sort of expertise that are required for your digital transformation michael thank you thank you so much and uh, yeah i hope uh, everyone listening will be enjoying our conversation as well i had a lot of fun thank you 
Thank you, SP. It was a great little session. Thank you. Cheers. Thank you.